Did you um, enjoy Pixels? Part of it. I thought it wasn't that bad. It was very cliche and weird. Yeah. But fun. There were some really good moments, and then there were some supremely dumb moments. Yes. I thought the one thing I liked, and I think this is purely due to Chris Columbus, it wasn't too Adam Sandlery. Yeah. Like, it wasn't filled with his whole ensemble. Like, there's no, um, what's that guy's name? Schneider? Roy yeah. Schneider? Rob Schneider? Rob Schneider, yeah. There was no Rob Schneider cameo, and I was like, ooh, this is already working better. Yeah. You know? There's no, like, weird little snide David Spade bit, you know? Yeah. I, I do like David Spade, but yeah. You do like David Spade. He's funny. Is he? Sure, yeah. Hmm. And, and, uh, interesting. Burr. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually sweating on this end. Uh, this hoodie oh, okay. is thick. But yeah, what a cold open, my God. <laughs> Nothing makes a cold open colder than explaining how cold the cold open was. Am I so right? So cold. Yeah, I can see Burr. your breath. That's, no, I'm just vaping. This is from Justin McCain, a podcast where Mike Robertson and Bob LaRue watch one critically acclaimed film and one terrible film and talk about how they are the same. Welcome, everybody, to From Justin to Canaan. I'm Mike, and this is Bob. Just picture that, but every word he just said, there's huge plumes of smoke emanating from his facial orifice. And I'm high as hell. That's right. Uh, Yeah, what what are the two movies we're doing this this week? Even though it says on the title of this episode, which I've come to realize. Yeah. Um, So this movie, this podcast is about Mad Max Fury Road, which came out in 2015. (gasps) Really? That's correct, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They both came out in 2015. Oh, is that when Pixels came out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Samesies. Samesies, yeah. Definitely, they both have a 2015 energy for sure. I don't know what that means, but I like it. You know how some some years just kind of like have a vibe? Yeah. Like, think about 2011. It's got a vibe, you know? Uh, Yeah. I was only six years old, so I wouldn't really, I wasn't too aware you were six years old in 2011? I'm joking. <laughs> no, I was like 15 or something. Still young. Still young, yeah. Too yeah. young. <sighs> yeah, I'm still young. I'm a crisp 24. Nice, Anyways. nice. Um, uh, yeah, Pixels, Mad Max Fury Road. Both came out in 2015. Both uh, visual effects uh, feasts, I would say Truly. as well. There's a yeah. same Z right there. I think that's a big old Samesy. It's a big honking Samesy for sure. And both of them weren't shot in the United States of America. Where was uh, Pixels shot? Toronto. Oh, yeah, that's right. For three months. Uh, Fury Road was not filmed in Australia. Filmed in somewhere in Africa. It was filmed in Namibia. Love Nam- Namibia. Wow, that's kind of hard to say. There's it's a, hard there's... to not stutter when you say Namibia. Yeah, which is wild. You never see giraffes. You never see any honey badgers? That's true. Honey you badger never don't know. give a shit. You, you ever see that video? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Billy Eichner video? Fuck, that's good stuff. Was that Billy uh, Eichner? It's Billy Eichner, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I just thought it was some guy. 
No, it's Billy Eichner. Was that his like star making turn? I think it was early. Yeah, for him. Oh, okay. Yeah, because he he did a lot of stuff on um, the web, right? Early yeah, on, right. the real web guy. Anywho, any of us could be the next Billy Eichner if we tried hard enough. You know what? I can't do this podcast. I got to go do some stuff. It, it, I mean, this podcast could, have, for whatever reason, almost two years in, take off. <laughs> and we could be like huge podcast stars, you know? Wow. Really? Yeah. If if you were like, you know what? I'm just going to try and make put out a YouTube video every day. You could be a, a big YouTuber one day. It's just, for me, it's the workload. It just seems insurmountable and crushing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. To be like, you know what? I'm going to react to something. I'm going to react to this episode. We should do reaction videos of our own podcast. (laughs) Just this really insular, like narcissistic um, umbrella company that just makes subsidiary content, but all related to this podcast. Yeah. There's like a review show of the podcast. And then, yeah, reaction videos on YouTube. I mean, if we put the work in, actually, it would really help us. I guess, hey? But we, uh, we're not doing that stuff. We're not making reaction videos to our own podcast. Who are we kidding? It's we're we're not those people. No, I know that's what's stopping us is that we're not. I don't know. We're not up our own ass in that way. Yeah, we're up our own ass in other ways. Yeah, exactly. I'm up in my own ass all the time. Anywho, all right, let's talk about Mad Max Fury Road first. Speaking of very well, of I got nothing. Okay, so Mad Max Fury Road is the fourth film. In the Mad Max franchise. Hmm. Directed by George Miller, who has made all of the other ones. And also, you might know him from such movies as Happy Feet. Babe. And Babe, Pig in the City. Yeah. He's really good at kids' films. Did you, but have you seen Babe, Pig in the City? Yeah. It's weird. It's weird, but it's good. Yeah, it's really good, but it's a bit It's a bit strange. Like He's like, oh yeah, you can see the Mad Max wouldn't, vibe. Wouldn't you say that about Happy Feet in a way? I haven't seen Happy Feet. Oh man, you should watch it. It's a banger. You okay. love tap dance, famously. I love to tap dance. Yeah, yeah. Your sweatshirt says "Loving to Tap," and I lo- and I love Pangu. Yes, yes, you do. You do love Pangu. Honestly, Happy Feet, um, for lack of a better term, fucks. <laughs> so I would definitely recommend that to any grown ass adult. Okay, maybe I'll watch it. Sweet. Yeah, George Miller came up with the idea for Fury Road in 1987. Wow. So, and then... The year of our Lord. He started developing it uh, around 1998. Also the year of our Lord. Yeah, so good 17 years. So he'd been sitting on the movie for almost 30 years, Mm -hmm. which is a long time. Yeah. And then he, um, yeah, and then he, almost 20 years in development, uh, he was going to try and shoot it around 2001. You'll never guess what happened. It fell through. Well, 9-11 happened. Oh, 9-11 put a hold on production? Supposedly. That's what that's It fucking what, came out with another episode of Friends. I, I think it's because the Australian dollar like imploded. Oh, I see. I'm not sure how all that works. Australia had nothing to do with it. but I don't I understand this, that either, but I mean, I guess the it. American dollar like sucked. I guess the yeah, there's like an economic blip. Yeah, maybe Warner um, Brothers panicked because that was Warner Brothers then and now, right? Mm-hmm. 
So he was going. So he held on to the movie again, mm-hmm. and then was going to make it in two thousand and seven, and then after Happy Feet, yes. Uh, but then he decided he would start filming it in two thousand and eleven. So it was delayed several more times, mm-hmm. and then finally in July of twenty twelve, they started filming it. Nineteen eighty seven to July twenty twelve was kind of this movie was kind of up in the air a bunch of times. Yeah, and then uh, they finished uh, shooting in December of that year, and then they did some uh, reshoots the following November, and then the film was released in May of 2015. So I remember going to it. Yeah, me too. Oh, what a great film! I saw it in 3D also, which was it was a good movie to do in 3D. I saw it in 3D, and I also did a bunch of edibles right before going in, and it yeah. was intense. Sweet. Yeah, it was awesome. And so, yeah, George Miller was like, apparently he came up with the idea when he was walking through a busy intersection in Los Angeles. He kind of was inspired by just the traffic in LA, am I right? Um, and he kind of Who came was up that with- for, that am I right? <laughs> I, let's be specific. <laughs> just? You really, I, your intonation was weird. You brushed right over it. It's like, well, that was clearly meant know, for people somebody. Who are, people who live in LA, I guess, who are annoyed by the traffic. Right. Okay. I think it's something we can all relate to, the traffic in LA, I mean. Am I right? Yeah, the, so the idea he kind of came up with was like, they're not fighting for oil, but they're fighting for human beings, that mm. being the wives. Blood bags. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah. And uh, also water, I guess, on some level. Well, a prescient film. He has the uh, the aquifer. So yeah. it's like there is no shortage of water. It's just allocated in a very dystopian way. Yeah, exactly. That's what it, I mean. Isn't that what it's going to be like eventually anyway? Maybe. Aren't we kind of slowly doing that with Nestle and whatnot? I guess so, yeah. Um. So Mel Gibson, I don't know if you know this, was in the other uh, Mad Max films. I do know this. Yeah. And uh, Miller decided not to recast him because of his racist rants. <laughs> yes. And maybe age was part of it too. Also age was part of it too. Because previous, previous to all that stuff with Mel Gibson, uh, yeah, he was going to be in it. And then they uh, even toyed with doing an animated version of it. Mm. So Gibson could be potentially in the film. Mm-hmm. While, while old, but I guess the the racist rants kind of really like clinched it for him. Right, right. So yeah, it, it almost was an animated film. It can really go both ways. The the racist stuff either gets you work or it loses you work. But it's so yeah. hard to know until it's until you do it, <laughs> until you just take the leap of faith. Well, yeah, I know that some people are yeah their careers have to take a wild turn once they once they say stuff like that. Like they have to basically just only be in conservative driven stuff like things that appeal well, to well he was nominated for like best director not that long ago wasn't he like 2018 so. or some shit for what hacksaw ridge hacksaw ridge that's right yeah 2016 he was nominated i think so there you go he hasn't directed very much but what he has directed my goodness braveheart the passion of the christ apocalypto hacksaw ridge passion of the christ resurrection is in pre-production how does that work well, do you know the story of Jesus? Yeah, but let's not get into it. So wait, just hold on a second. So Jesus is crucified. Yes. And then he is resurrected? 
Yeah, he comes back three days later. Uh, but then what happens? Does he? How does he die then? Well, no one they knows. Never tell you no one's it. ever seen it. The movie? No the the story. Oh, it's like but, oh, he's coming back this time, and then he doesn't. It's like well, but he's supposed like to. We, if he gets resurrected three days later on Easter or whatever, coming up. Mm-hmm. How does he die after that? Because he's not around. They never explore that. I think like, we know that he died from evaporates. Okay, so he's, Disa- yeah, he's resurrected, did, and then what does he do? What does he do? Disapparates? What's the Harry Potter term? Uh, disparates or dis? It's disapparate or something stupid. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> you tell I'm still reading Harry Potter books because you are a noted transphobe. <laughs> I was just gonna say a noted turf in the community. Yeah, yeah maybe yeah. that's the word to use. I just love uh uh what what is it called young fiction youth young adult fiction young adult fiction you know I just love magic okay Mike God so Tom Hardy took the role of Mad Max yes a young Mad Max uh but other people who were supposed to play Mad Max Army Hammer noted mm-hmm. cannibal <laughs> Jeremy Renner noted weird app haver uh he Jeremy Renner is untouchable he's a solid guy. He's a strange man. He's cool. I like Michael. Him. Michael like Fassbender. Michael Fassbender, famously huge cock. Sure, yeah. Michael Fassbender and Tom Hardy. I sometimes get confused with each right. other. Joel Kinnaman. I don't know who that is. Dude, if you saw a picture of him, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, that guy." Mm. Heath Ledger was supposed to be in it. Wow. Eric Bana. Yeah. Weird. It's a little too old, maybe. Uh, and then also Eminem. Marshall Mathers himself. I was really hoping you're just going to throw something crazy in there like, and Wesley Snipes. Just something fun. And Will Smith. (laughs) Uh, That's good. Well, when I looked up uh, Mel Gibson on IMDb, huge, huge image of King Richard popped up Hmm. on a Crave advertisement. They still want us to see this movie, I guess. Yeah. Well, they changed. No, I'm not going to go there. Anyways. All right. Continue. (laughs) So um, George Miller meticulously storyboarded the film, hired many, many storyboard artists, and had 3,500 panels mm-hmm. by the end of that process. And the movie pretty much stuck to the storyboard. Yeah. So That's what I pretty heard. cool. Did he you know said, that George Miller was an ER doctor before he not, made his first film? I did not know that. Yeah, kind of crazy. He was a full surgeon. So they started filming it in 2012 in Namibia, in Darab National Park. They also filmed in Cape Town, and they had built 155 vehicles, supposedly, Mm -hmm. for the movie, uh, as early as 2001, and then they held on to, I think, 88 of them. Uh, And some of the ones that that kind of didn't make it, they still used to smash, apparently. Mm. And the most prominent vehicle in the movie, the war rig that uh, Charlize Theron's character drives. Yeah. Apparently, they combined a Tatra 815 with a Chevrolet Fleetmaster, and then they fused a Volkswagen Beetle to it, and then they modded it a bunch of times on top of that. So I don't know what a Tatra 815 is, but crazy that they just kind of like mashed a bunch of cars together. And that was somebody's job. You know what I find unrealistic about this film? Oh, go on. Because it restarts the timeline, in a sense. In a sense, yeah. Uh, the the 
sort of smorgasbord of vehicles that have been retrofitted should be like Priuses and minivans. But instead, they're just cool 50s cars, which doesn't make any sense. It's like, no, no, we got to find all these vintage cars and retrofit them and leave all these other lame looking cars. It's like, what about my Nissan Flex? And it's like, I don't give a shit about your Nissan Flex. I'm taking this 55 Chevy Impala and putting monster truck wheels on it. It's like, where'd you get that Chevy Impala? It's the year is 2045. And it's like, I found it. (laughs) Screw you. And it's like, what? This doesn't make any sense. It's like, yeah, I'm driving a Model T with big old racing wheels on it and a V8. And then there's one guy with a Prius, retrofitted Prius. And he's like, man, I'm still getting great mileage. And they're like, shut up. That's not the point. If you don't look cool, get out of here. It's a Prius mashed up with a PT Cruiser. (laughs) Full wood paneling. That's the shit right there. And then a Jeep top, like chuck a little Jeep top on there. Yeah, That's great. Love it. I think the film would have been very different if they had gone that direction, which would have been way more realistic, but also maybe less cinematic. I don't know. Uh, so cinematographer John Seal mm-hmm. shot the movie, and he retired ten, or five years earlier. Wow. They brought but him he, back, hey? They brought him back, and then he has retired since then and is coming out of retirement once more. For the new Another one? George Miller movie. Oh. So George Miller is working on a film right now called... Babe in the 3000, Small Town? 3,000 Years of Longing. Okay. Which stars Idris Elba, Tilda Swinton... At all. What's it about? Who knows? 3,000 years of longing. Is, I, I'm to understand that there's 3,000 years of longing involved. Well, so he, he was planning a trilogy, was he not, of uh, new Mad Max films? But there's a there, bunch of legality lawsuit bullshit with Warner Brothers, so he just fucking pulled the plug, didn't he? Well, he was supposed to make a movie called The Wasteland, mm-hmm. which was the sequel to this, which you know was in development since this movie came out. And that, yeah, that got embroiled in some legal trouble. So right now they're working on a prequel called Furiosa, Mm -hmm. which has Anya Taylor-Joy, I believe. Yeah. Playing the young... uh, Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron's character. Yeah. And um, so there's that. Uh, John Seal, the the cinematographer, look at a picture of him. Yeah, he just looks like an Australian guy. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty, like, nothing crazy about him, but he's a great shooter. Yeah, but his Very face talented. is as Australian as it gets. Like, if you're just like, what does an old Australian man look like? You're like, oh, yeah, that's it. There he is. Yeah, now I got to look him up just for fun. Um, He didn't film the other Mad Max movies, so. No, it was. Uh, he kind of uh, like, I, I hadn't heard of most of the movies he worked on. Oh, he no, actually, he, was, he shot uh, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Holy shit. The, uh, he shot that? a bunch of good shit. Like, uh, yeah, I was looking at the wrong list. Witness, English Patient, bunch of stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mar- talented. Yeah. City of Angels, Talented Mr. Ripley. The Perfect Storm. Um, Spanglish with The Sandman. Gorillas in the Mist. Rain Classic. Man. Dead Poet Society. Lorenzo Zoyle. These are all very famous 90s films. The 90s treated him well. Um, apparently in Mad Max Fury Road, 90% of the special effects were practical. They say that, but... Uh, yeah, watching the special effects uh, making up for this movie is very cool because you get to see what stuff was real, what stuff was faked. Yeah. And they do a pretty good job of mixing practical and CGI in a way that you would never be able to tell. Mm-hmm. And they had uh, over 150 stunt performers in this film, uh, some of them from Cirque du Soleil. 
Oh. So, you the know, clowns, clowns in both movies. Ugh. Clowns. Uh, there's a lot of frame rate manipulation in the film. Mm-hmm. John, this, uh, yeah, cinematographer, what's his putz? John Seal says, about 60% of the movie is not running at 24 frames a second. So most, yeah, 40% of the movie is about 24 frames a second. The rest is all over the place. Yeah. Because sometimes George Miller, if stuff was too chaotic, he would slow the film down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or he'd speed it up. So there's a lot of parts where like the the frame rate's kind of like jerking around in a really like animated way. And it actually kind of adds to the film's uh, vibe quite a bit. And the aesthetic. Like even when he's running through the hallway, like when he first gets captured and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, ooh, like it's they're ramping a lot of yeah. it. So it's like there's less frames per second. And it's fun. Fun yeah, to watch. Yeah, it is fun. A quote from the sound designer of the film said that they kind of viewed the war rig, the big truck thing that they drive, as like a Moby Dick for Immortan Joe, mm-hmm. who was kind of like a Captain Ahab of the film. So he was always just trying to get the uh, the truck yeah. as, as if it was his white whale. So they added a bunch of animal-like whale-esque sounds to the sound design. There's a bunch of parts where they shoot harpoons at it and so they sound they use the sound of like whale blowholes for when like all the milk comes out mm, mm. you love that scene hey and the sound oh, yeah you love a good froth love a good froth sound yeah yeah so and then they use bear bear growls for when like the the war rig finally gets destroyed mm-hmm. so kind of interesting yeah absolutely that's that's some artistic sound design yeah absolutely and uh there you go that's about it Nice. I mean, there's so much to learn about this movie, but I talked for, I don't know, a long time. So I don't have nearly as much to talk about, which yeah, I, think I know is pixels. Fine. There's probably not a lot. It's like based on a short film. The Sandman got his friends together. It went. It went well. Yeah, <laughs> seems like they shot in Toronto. Honestly, nothing else needs to be said. Um, but I will say, little fun fact, because Chris Columbus made this film, and he is basically responsible for the Harry Potter film franchise. He's the one who went to J.K. Rowling and persuaded her to get the books adapted and turn it into a film franchise. Good for him. Uh, Yeah, because his kids were loving it. Anyways, uh, and he directed the first and second film. Mm -hmm. John Seale shot the second film. So both of these uh, directors have worked with the the one. DP. John Seale did? Yeah. No, I don't think he did. He shot the Philosopher's Stone. Chamber of Secrets is the second one. You you call yourself a Potterhead? No, okay, so he shot the first one. Yeah, not, so, not the second one. Hold Sorry. on a second. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so my sorting hat is saying you're a Hufflepuff. Anyways, yeah, sorry, the Sorcerer's Stone. So he shot the first one, not the second one. Hufflepuff! Um, 3,000 years of longing, post-production. Yeah, John Seal's working. Anyway, so that's kind Have of Have you ever thing. been to the Pottermore website? No. Well, I don't know what that is. It's like a web site that is Harry Potter-based, and it's kind of like a big, exciting thing where you can, I don't know, look at Harry Potter stuff. I don't really know what's on there. The, the riveting. The exciting part about it is, and by, by exciting, I mean, I mean, your mileage may vary, I guess, but- um, you can a get your Patronus. Oh, really? So you log in and you put in some sort of information about yourself, and then I'll tell you what your Patronus is. Mine's like a a deer or something. Boring. Um, a stag. Yeah, I think it might have been a stag, and then it also tells you your house. 
Really? It'll sort you, and then it'll give you your Patronus. So I'm loving Harry Potter, loving the whole world. I don't give a shit about that stuff. Like, I don't need it to relate to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need to drink butterbeer. That sounds fucking gross. But I love reading about, you know, they got to sneak around and and Hogsmeade or whatever. You know, this like fun, fun shit like that. But I, I don't, I don't need it to come back to me. And you love how the the bankers are rendered like the goblin bankers you love <laughs> every time love we talk the... about this you talk about how this could be anti-semitic <laughs> like could be you're like i don't know man the goblins like is it something anti-semitic i don't know you tell me and i'm like i don't know man honestly i don't care you, you love that dobby is uh, enslaved you love the slavery aspect. well he's only enslaved in the second book and then he's out yeah but he was still enslaved but, they had, but there's winky slavery exists i just in i just met winky world. In the fourth book, and she is enslaved. Poor gal. So I was listening to a podcast. This is a <laughs> this is this is a bit of a tangent. So yes. I was listening to a podcast called "Stop Podcasting Yourself." Very po- famous. Podcast. Oh, great podcast! Yeah, it's a great great podcast. They actually were talking about Harry Potter on a recent episode, and they brought up an interesting point about just like how why does Slytherin no why does Slytherin exist. Like because they know that it's the house where the bad guys go, so it's like, why do they still keep it around? If it's just they they know they're inviting bad guys into the school, and it's like that is a good point. But I mean, yeah, it's mostly a dramatic engine, but you could make an argument that good people come out of it too, right? Like Severus mm-hmm. Snape is a good guy. Yeah, you know, Christ, like Harry Potter names one of his kids after Snape, and then James Potter made fun of him at Hogwarts in the yes, of course. 60s or whenever it's very silly that they have um if you get into slytherin probably makes you question am i a bad guy am i a baddie well harry harry potter almost went into slytherin and then the sorting hat heard harry potter's request and obliged him oh right yeah right (laughs) so harry potter was like not slytherin not slytherin and he's like but you have all the traits of a slytherin member and that's because uh, he has shared traits with some of the sort of more like well Tom Riddle I guess before was Tom, Tom Riddle, Riddle went bad yeah he was of course he was as Voldemort yeah you don't have to tell me who Tom Riddle is I don't know I don't know what uh, I forget which house Sirius Black was in but I bet you maybe it was Slytherin mm. Mm. but the other <laughs> thing too it's it's so inherently clicky because you would just become friends with the people in your house because you all sleep in the same damn room and you got a little co-ed like shared area with nice yeah seating and it's like obviously i'm gonna be friends with these people and pop- the slytherin house is like underground in a dank dungeon which sucks yeah. pop quiz yeah what's the name of hermione's cat in like the second book oh man i can never remember it's like hedgewig or, no that's the owl uh I can't remember. I, I literally, I was thinking this the other day because I, I finished the second book and I was like, how come I can't ever remember the fucking name of that cat? Crookshanks. Crookshanks. I can never remember. Who, believe it or not, was uh, ended up in the Harry Potter franchise because he was kicked out of the movie Cats. I'm, I'm just going to let that live out there for a minute. Crookshanks is a magical cat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the character I identify the most with Actually, my letterboxed profile photo is of him, is Argus Filch. Yeah, right. I fucking love that guy. I love the actor. He's such a weird-looking dude, but he's so good. He's so unlikable. Mm-hmm. After all the carnage in the film franchise, everything's done. My boy Voldemort dies, you know. 
he who now who, who shall not be named is is no more a problem and you just see argus filch in the background sweeping a giant brick that's fallen mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm like this fucking guy has the worst life ever man oh man and he's always just picking enemies with people it's just fun it's fun it's fun but so anti-semitic i don't know it's just crazy uh i love Harry also Potter. one more thing i gonna say it oh yeah disney adults freaking annoying i just learned about disney adults yeah, but you know what's and, even more annoying than Disney adults? Oh, what? Harry Potter adults. <laughs> I'm not a Harry Potter adult. I I encountered one in my travels a couple years ago, and boy, howdy. Was it was unpleasant? Like, it was insufferable, yeah. <laughs> he was talking to me about Hagrid and stuff, and I was like, oh, fuck that. I don't care about any of that stuff. I got to put you on pause. There's a bug I have to kill. Hold on one okay. second. I hate how when it's warm in Edmonton for like 12 minutes, there's just bugs. Yeah. Takes no time at all. It's like, oh, look, the spiders came out and there's just like little creepy crawlies. Like 12 minutes. It doesn't take long. And it's like, oh, my God, there's a mosquito. And it just spirals. Have you seen those big kind of like water beetles? Yes. They're creepy. They're gross. I just killed a beetle. That's what that was. On my windowsill. Yucky. So I crushed it. Anyway, so what I was saying about Hagrid is I think he's such an interesting character because of what he represents. Did you see what I did there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm a Harry Potter adult. Yeah, you're a Harry Potter adult. <laughs> I learned about Disney adults or whatever and just terrible. I'm not a Harry Potter one because I'm just reading the books and it'll be out of my system. It's not all I talk about. You're just there to pick up the dog whistle messages. <laughs> You rat bastard. So yeah, directed by Chris Columbus, who has not made many films as a director. He's written a, a lot of films, but his directing roster is kind of nuts. Yeah, Home Alone. Well, yeah, so you got Home Alone, Home Alone 2, Mrs. Doubtfire. Right. The first two Harry Potter films, Rent, which tanked, lol. Uh, and then you can see him stabbing at a few other things. Like he tried to turn Percy Jackson into a film franchise, which didn't really work. Pixels didn't work, um, mm-hmm. but he's he's got a pretty sterling career. But his writing, what what did he write? He wrote Gremlins, The Goonies, Young Sherlock. Oh wow! Goonies two, uh, Gremlins two, Gremlins Unleashed. Oh, these are video games. Oh, they're making a new Goonies. Finally, exciting. People are clamoring. Anyways, so he took this film because he felt that it sort of referenced or uh, was, it, it brought him back to the Amblin days. And Amblin is Steven Spielberg's uh, production company, which made a lot of uh, child-friendly films like uh, E.T. Correct. So, yeah. But anyways, a funny story. So it's based off of a short film, which I have not seen, of the same name. The guy who made that wrote the first draft, which the studio hated, and then he and Adam Sandler got together and they added... Just the idea was, well, let's put Kevin James in it. Let's make him the president. That's all they said. They reformatted the whole script. And then that's the script that ended up in Christopher Columbus's lap. And he was like, yes, please. Um, Great stuff. So anyways, I don't really understand what he saw in the script. Maybe he was just looking to make a movie. But he, uh, he loved it. It spoke to him. He felt it was deeply original. I just think it's funny that it's like, Oh man, I th- I just think we need Kevin James in this movie. <laughs> Let's make him the United States president. And then they did. And it's so dumb. 
Kevin James, um, it was he's a big star though. At the time. At the time, yeah. So it yeah, makes like sense. he was on the mall cop trajectory, was he not? Yeah, around then, I think. Yeah. Um, so the film is starring, uh, oh, I guess it was co-produced by 1492 Pictures, which is Christopher Columbus's company, and uh, Happy Madison Productions, which is the Sandler gang, uh, starring Adam Sandler, Kevin James, Josh Gad, Peter Dinklage, Michelle Monaghan, Brian Cox, Ashley Benson, Sean Bean, and Jane Krakowski. A couple of Game of Thrones people in this, which is kind of fun. couple, Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't have anything to do with anything, but fun. Uh, the <laughs> reviews of this film were almost entirely unfavorable, but the film made $244 million and an additional $15 million in home purchases on a budget of somewhere between 90 and $120 million. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, so it, it, it made its money and it basically doubled. I think Fury Road's budget was like $180 million. Hmm. And it made a worldwide total of three seventy five, and still was considered a not a flop, but didn't didn't make the expectations they were expecting. Didn't make enough, which is wild that they can make you know a third of a billion dollars and be like mm, not good enough. Well, they they're looking for the billion bucks though, like a frozen kind of thing. Also, I never realized that Pac Man's eyes were just Pac Man in profile. Oh, interesting. Yeah, did you notice that? No, I never did. I didn't notice it until he had like a close up in the movie, and I was like, "God damn, look at that!" Oh yeah, there you go. That's kind of fun. That's a fun design choice. Yeah. Uh, so games included Pac-Man, Space Invaders, Arkanoid, Galaga, Centipede, not the human kind, (laughs) and Donkey Kong, (laughs) uh, amongst many other games. A lot of a lot of games. They were all licensed for the movie and Smurfs Uh, for some reason. Smurfs aren't in it. Yeah, they shoot a Smurf, and there's it's like, why is there a Smurf? There's a Smurf in the movie? Yeah, they shoot the Smurf, just so they can say, I can't believe I shot a Smurf. Oh. But it's like, the Smurf well, cause had Smurf a video was, game. Smurf was probably coming out at that time with uh, Neil Patrick Harris, and but, it's well, probably a Sony picture, so they had the rights already. But Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, but why was it in the, game, in the movie? Because it's not a video game. Hey, don't ask questions with answers you don't want to hear, Mike. Yeah, okay. Okay? Anyways, um, with the release of this film, they did make like a bundle of all the games that you could buy and play. And they did like a circuit of like, not comic cons, but like nerd cons, you know, but video yeah. game related. Anywho. Um, not wizard so, cons? Uh, I don't I don't know, man. This is, I'm not some weird incel. I don't really know anything about this stuff. <laughs> um but so some this is neither here nor there, but I thought it was kind of funny. So Columbia Pictures hired Entura International, which is like a entertainment legal firm, which uh, sent out cease and desist to anything on the internet with the word pixels in the title because they just like did a weird carpet bomb, and uh, they shut down the original, uh, like uh, you know across Vimeo, YouTube, that kind of thing. And they shut down a bunch of unrelated things that would like either have pixels in the title or were about pixels. Um, but none of them had anything to do with the film or games. And it also gave a cease and desist to the original short film, which was like a non-copyright public domain thing on the internet. Right. Um, which is super funny. And then basically every single one of them fell fell apart. So they spent all this money trying to protect the movie and ended up achieving nothing, which is yeah. kind of a hilarious, weird move. 
Great stuff. Yeah. Oh, I guess both the movie is written by two people and they're both their names are Tim. Hmm. Which uh I know people love little fun facts like that. One of them is Tim Harley, he isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he's like a famous SNL writer. Yeah. That's how he, that's how he knows Sandler, I guess, eh? Yeah, he yeah, he is like from that old writer the old kind of the wedding of- singer the water boy big daddy little nicky mr deeds bedtime stories grown-ups too pixels the ridiculous six mm-hmm. uh Hub- Hubie halloween. halloween crazy he's also acted in a few of these films and his son is also in on snl now oh please don't destroy it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. cool see you, you learn so much and uh, john higgins is also in it wow nepotism works hey well, yeah, you you'd think that it's not nepotism. But I assume it that there's is. an element to it. It is. They they nepotism. but they are funny those guys though. Yeah, that doesn't matter. It's they just are good infinitely writers. easier for them. It's like, "Hey dad, I'm really funny. Can can I can you just like can we just grab drinks with Lauren?" It's like, "Sure." And Lauren's like, "I like you. Let's do this." That sounded more like <laughs> oh, Snape, <goodness>. didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um anyways, that's cool. So let's talk samesies then. Yes. So we already talked about the year of our Lord 2015. Both there's a lot of special effects in both. Um there is a um the director is also have done children's films. To to great acclaim. Yeah, to great acclaim. So Happy Feet and Harry Potter. Yeah. A movie a movie and franchise for children, I'll remind you. Mm-hmm. It's for kids. I hate you. <laughs> go on uh they both have a fun cameo the guy who made uh pac-man and also the yes. guy who plays a martin joe is in one of the earlier uh mad max films oh yeah as in uh in um what's the second one called mad max thunder road no road warrior yeah, road mad warrior max, the road warrior yeah road warrior yeah yeah that's what it is so anyways they both have kind of fun cameos i haven't seen any mad max movie except for fury road they are not good Okay. They do not hold up. I'm so thankful that it took 38 years for him to yeah. make this one because this one is it works. Also, Mel Gibson sucks in them. Super. And this is not to slam Australians, but it's everyone's Australian. Mel Gibson is Australian, and it just immediately lowers the stakes. Yeah. You're like, I don't care about this. It's like watching <laughs> Taika Waititi try to be dramatic, and it just doesn't work. You yeah. know what I mean? Okay. And then the bad guys in these movies are like, oh, no, Mad Max is he. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like, no, that, that doesn't work. Because we call it Mad Max, but they call it Mid Mix. There's a reason nobody has an Australian accent, even though there's a bunch of Australian actors. It's like, yeah. oh, man, British people sound more intense. Let's do yeah. British. Um, both movies have retro callbacks to the 80s. Yes. That being Pixels has got a lot of 80s callbacks because of video game stuff. Yeah, Mad Max referencing its old movies just by That's being right. a Mad Max film. There you go. I, I guess I want to second that by saying they both have previous IP that sort of relates but doesn't relate mm-hmm. to the current time because it's like pretty vague as to when and how this Mad Max ties into the other ones or if it's just a restart, relaunch yeah. of the franchise. And uh, with Pixels, it's like such a it's a mashup of different games. And they are related, but also not related to like what's yeah. going on. 
which is that the Earth is being attacked by aliens, yeah. aka Independence Day 2, more Independence today. And a week later, I watched Galaxy Quest, which is mm. pretty much the exact same plot. That's a fun film. I haven't seen that in so long. Again, it's good. It holds up. Uh, my boy Snape is in that film. That's right. Alan Rickman. Is in that Alan one, Rickman. Yeah. Have you ever seen that guy's lower teeth? Yeah. It's like staring into a shark's mouth. It's crazy. Man, holy you know, fuck. You, you know who else has kind of teeth like that? Who? Will Ferrell. Does he have bad lower teeth? He does if you look at them, yeah. I love, love bad teeth. I think they look and they're so fun. Yeah. Um, but Alan Rickman, I listened to this interview. It was like a retrospective on his life. And he kept like thinking and he would like lower his lower lip. And I was like, wow, are those real? They look like nails. Well, he's British. Yeah, exactly. I love that though. It just, it's nice. Um, but in both movies, there are characters who have nicknames. Yes. So in Pixels, one of the characters is like Ludlow, the Wonder Kid, Lamonsoft, which is Josh Gad's character. Mm-hmm. And in every character in Mad Max has like a weird name. So, but some of the wives have funny names. One of them is Toast the Knowing. Mm-hmm. Like her name is Toast and she is the Knowing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one of them is named Cheeto, the Fragile. Right. So we got the Knowing, the Fragile, the Wonder Kid. A lot of similarities here. Very fun. Very, very fun. Uh, both involve vehicular pursuit and catastrophe. Cor- correct, yes. Um, I thought the Mini Cooper scene was... The whole movie's unrealistic, but I'm like, these guys, can they drive stick? Can they drive this well? I had a hard time buying in. Yeah. I mean, I bought everything else. Like, even how sloppy it was when she's like, oh, we, like, she just explained how they made their, like, light ray guns to kill Mm -hmm. the alien characters. And I was like, wow, that is some sloppy screenwriting. Just, like, explain it away so that you can get on with the movie. But I I was like, that's fine. I'll take it. But then, yeah, the driving thing. I was like, I don't believe this for a second. Adam Sandler probably doesn't even have a fucking driver's license. No, he does. I doubt it. He doesn't, he doesn't seem like a guy who can drive real good. Um, But good good samesy there, though. Thank you. Uh, both of the movies feature a ragtag, a ragtag group of uh, heroes mm-hmm. kind of assembled out of necessity who are fighting a kind of like ape-like boss. Mm-hmm. Donkey Kong. Did you say and there's Donkey Kong? Donkey Kong, yeah. And there's like sexism at play as well. Yes. And in that um Immortan Joe basically needs to have all these wives and then like milks them and stuff. Yeah. Which is kind of twisted. Uh and then like just the sexism in Pixels is kind of overwhelming. Mm-hmm. There's one well, both, female both character. films are like really intensely anti Semitic as well, which I think is like a Christopher <laughs> Columbus like through line. Yeah, and it's something that appeals to you. (laughs) Uh, Speaks to me. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just, I'm a huge fan of Potter, Chris Columbus's work. Anyways, yeah, that's that's a good one. I like that. Yeah, misogyny is ever present. I feel like Adam Sandler films are just inherently misogynistic. Yeah, because it starts off fine, and then as soon as Adam Sandler's character meets Michelle Monaghan's character, yeah, and they start talking, he just starts kind of being weird and he's like a best buy employee yeah he's like a geek squad yeah install but he like, guy yeah but he's just like so blatantly sexist to her and then 
Uh, Josh Gad's character also has that trophy wife character, like that. Yes. Video game thing that she he he's obsessed with. How weird is it? Because at the end, that whatever that video game character just changes Hubert. into her. Hubert. Mm-hmm. Hubert. Yeah, Hubert. Hubert just turns into that like Amazonian like game character, and then he kisses her, and I'm like, this this is so funny to think about and really unpack. It's not necessary to like really think about it, but it's interesting. No. Yeah, because then you're like, man, like, what is sexual orientation? What is gender? Does this alien species even like reproduce? Um, is it all like, uh, what's what's the bio- like not asexual reproduction? Oh, maybe it is. You know, like how bacteria can like produce itself without needing to mate and stuff. I was mm-hmm. like, it's so weird. This is just like opens a whole can of worms to really just like spiral out of. It is weird. It's twisted. It's yeah. twisted. It's fun. It's fun. Um, speaking of Cubert. In both yes. movies, the bad guy joins the good side. You're right. Because Kubert is technically an alien, and he's a bad guy, and he joins the good guy's side. And then in Mad Max, there's a character named Nux, played by, what's his face? Nicholas Holt. Nicholas Holt, who kind of is a, who kind of defects. Yeah. So he's the kind of the Kubert, and then Mad Max has sex with them, and then they kind of has like a weird chrome baby, similar to how Pixels ends, <laughs> where they have Kubert <laughs> human babies. Um... Yeah. Both both uh, uh, performance or both have lead male uh, performances that are very steely, very good, cold. Good. You know, not warm. And it's not because I mean, for I mean, Adam Sandler is actually they're both great actors. It's just by virtue of the the work itself that they need to you know have these like very cold, almost bad performances. Yeah, but it works well within the context of their films. It's weird because Pixels. Does a bad job right off the top with the characterization of Adam Sandler's character because they set him up as a bit of a like a loser mm-hmm. in contrast to his friend who's the president. Yeah, he's like a loser who's working for the Geek Squad at Best Buy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then also Adam Sandler plays him so cool. Yeah, like he really acts so cool and like. Well, I think the point is, is like, well, that he is so. What cool. is this guy? I think the point was that he is so cool but has a lame job. Whereas Kevin James isn't cool, but has the, an amazing job. But I think that they are giving him that job to kind of take him down a few pegs. But then Adam Sandler plays against that the whole time. So it's kind of confusing what they're going for. Yeah. But they need him to be a love interest. Uh, but I guess, you know what, there's a lot of things that don't make sense about this. So <laughs> <laughs> I guess I shouldn't worry too much about it. Yeah, don't, don't get into the weeds because let me tell you, you're not going to learn anything. The, them weeds be dumb. But both films really just deal with like global catastrophe. Yeah, and uh, and obviously like Mad Max is post world catastrophe, but the new world catastrophe is that you like piss off a Morton Joe, and it's like, oh, we don't have water anymore or whatever. Yeah, and uh, with Pixels, it's like the global catastrophe is on the brink of happening, but also surely during these games, people are dying left, right, and center. Yeah. Like when the centipede, not the humankind, is like running around, hitting people, like just pixelating people and obliterating them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's good. I just, I, I love, I don't know, just saying centipedes, not the humankind, is so good. Uh, Sorry, I'll never that, forget it, that joke you did where you like sent me that film, but you edited the first 10 minutes of Human Centipede oh, yeah, off right. the top. And he didn't say anything. Oh, you bastard. 
So those are the samesies. Yeah, quite a few. I like that yours, you kind of hit a couple themes that are like quite similar. Like it's interesting that it's like, oh, one of the antagonists joins the good guys, you know, like stuff like that really shares the DNA. Well, they're the same movie. Well, yeah, they are. I think you play them side by side. You know how there's like Psycho, Gus Van Sant's Psycho and Alfred, and it's just the same shots, the same thing. Put these two movies side by side, same shit, different runtime. Yeah, same different runtime. Same shot for Actually, shot. Actually, probably very similar runtime. I think so. I think I want to say is too long. Mad Max is two hours and two minutes. It's like really crisp. They crammed a lot into the two yeah. hours. But uh, Pixels is like an hour and 40 maybe. Yeah, I think it is an hour 46. Hmm. Almost the same runtime. I read an interview with Judd Apatow and he talks about how Movies are too short. People complain about how his movies are too long, but then he's like, well, I like to let my movies breathe. And then anytime I get notes on the length, I always just kind of resist that. And he's like, buddy, you got to not resist that. The movies are too long. Yeah, they're way too long. Oh my God. I've been eyeing up This Is 40 for like weeks. And I'm just like, that's a long movie though. I don't know if I can do it. Don't watch it. it. Well, I remember it being terrible when I saw it in theaters. Yeah, don't watch it. It's bad. Yeah, and then, but I don't know. Somebody brought it up like a few weeks ago, and they're like, "No, this it's funny, it's funny." And I was like, "Oh man, maybe I gotta Jed, give it another shot." Judd Apatow is it a hack? No, I wasn't gonna say that. Here are two no. fucking hacks. Here's my hot take: Terrence Malick and Judd Apatow. They can both take a shit <laughs> on each other. Uh, Judd Apatow used to be Adam Sandler's roommate, really, in New York. Yeah, when they were both young before wow. pre SNL. But then Crazy. also, I don't think I actually. I think Judd Apatow has been a net positive for Hollywood. However, because he has produced a lot of cool stuff. Name he kind of, nine he's, kind, he's kept the studio comedy kind of afloat, essentially. Not right. single-handedly, but like- You would say that. He's a big part of that, I would say. Ugh. like, Well, Bridesmaids, huge hit. Pop star, not a huge hit at all, but a great movie. Love that movie. King of Staten Island. Yeah, and, uh, we don't talk about that. But there's- uh, <laughs> I've never seen it. I've never seen it either. I hate Pete Davidson with all of my being. Yeah, in terms of movie Judd Apatow is directed, I think the only good one, Walk Hard, hot take. Not 40-Year-Old Virgin? No, I watched it recently. It's bad. Yeah, I also watched it recently, and I was like, this is not as funny as I recall. It's not that funny. It's way too long. Mm-hmm. It looks kind of like garbage. Yes. I think I. it's been a long time since I saw Knocked Up. That was actually probably pretty good. Maybe but up. Catherine Hagel, you know, I don't know. Yeah, Catherine Hagel, no thanks. Catherine Bagel, mm. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. Merci beaucoup. Because yeah, Montreal. walk hard, walk hard. Very funny. Yeah. Um, this is forty. Woof. Too long. Yeah. Funny people. Funny people. I thought started out good and fell apart. Yeah, this it's it's like way too long, and there's two movies kind of mashed together. Yeah, yeah. I I was so intrigued off the top, and then it just slowly devolved into such a shitty fucking movie. Yeah, it got really bad, really, really fast. But the first half was interesting. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I, I agree. I agree with all of these. Yeah. <laughs> you would say that. Frank. I would say that, but yeah, studio comedies do not need to be longer than an, an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's Pixels, you can feel it too. Yeah. You can feel the length sometimes, or you can just feel the pace in some scenes, like just slow to a crawl. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And it's poor writing. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I do think a lot of SNL folks 
too, try to transition in a feature film, and it's different. Yeah. Writing a feature film versus a sketch is so fundamentally different. And you can't, you have to change your mindset if you're going to like do one over the other because you really can't use the same principles for either. But Billy Madison is a tight 90 minutes. Yeah. And tells a full story, has some great set pieces, you know, musical sequence, lots of running gags, Mm -hmm. lots of good stuff. Happy Gilmore, hour and 33 minutes. Mm -hmm. Big Daddy, hour and 34 minutes. Oh, look, it's climbing. (laughs) (laughs) Judd said we could add three minutes to every film. Well, yeah, it seems to be that way. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, yeah, if you looked at the running times for every Billy Man, uh, Adam Sandler movie. Just three, like an extra And they five just kind minutes. of are slowly just getting longer and longer. And it's like, oh, that's why these movies aren't, that's why these movies aren't good anymore. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Well, I mean, so we've compared these films. Funny They're People wasn't, the same. oh, sorry. Funny People was an hour and 46, no, 100, 146 minutes. Yeah. So it was well over two hours. Yeah. Oh my God. Almost two, two and a half hours. Jack yeah, and Jill, so though. A tight 91. Right. Also terrible. Yeah, we got to watch that one day. Yeah. I mean, Only for the Al Pacino stuff. I I love just listening to Adam Sandler talk, so I'm down anytime you are. When he talks like that, you mean? Uh, Yes. I think that was just a Jane Goodall audio tape from when she was in the jungle with monkeys. (laughs) Gorillas in the Mist. Yes, that's right. Shot by John Seal. That's right. Eight Crazy Nights, a tight 76 minutes, not even 80 minutes. Didn't even get up to 80 minutes. I think, do people feel cheated when a film is less than 90 minutes and they paid $13.50 to see it in the theater? I don't know. I feel like no. I I don't, but I feel like some people might. Or people just don't think about runtime. Yeah, I don't know. I think nowadays movies are too long, and that's that's an old person take that I have. Yeah. But it's true, I think. The movies are too long. Hmm. But what about films that just need to breathe, man? I don't know. I feel like a comedy doesn't need to breathe. Not necessarily. Because, I mean, the thing about... Bridesmaids is is over two hours. Probably, and it's probably a little too long. You are a cruel, cruel connoisseur of film. The thing about um, This is 40, I remember watching it and being disturbed by how much improv was in it. Mm -hmm. The improv was... So bad. Mm-hmm. But they thought it was good, so they kept it and made it that long. Yep. Anyway, you should watch that movie again. I'm not going to. You've talked me out of it. <laughs> you talked me off the ledge. Okay. The Judd, the Judd ledge. Thoughts on these films? Yeah, thoughts on these films. How do we How do we feel? Love Mad Max Fury Road. Me too. It holds up. I've seen it like eight times. Yeah. it's. I saw it super baked in 2015. Loved it. Mm-hmm. I saw it like... A week ago, loved it. Amazing. Pixels, not as bad as it could have been. Could have been. It, but it could have been worse. It could not have the been the best worse. Adam Sandler movie, but not the worst. Kind of fun mm-hmm. with a video game thing. I like, it was very, uh, and I'm going to say this, I know, playful. It was a bit playful, yeah. Yeah, like it was, it was never too heavy, you know, and it was like, oh, I kind of dig that. Like, yeah. The other weird thing about it is it feels like a kid's movie, but it's not, and there's a bunch of drinking in it. Yeah. So it's like, is this a kid's film? Like, who, like I couldn't figure out the demographic, but obviously it's just for everybody because it made a bunch of money. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not for kids because kids have no frame of reference for those video games. But just watching 
Kevin James and Adam Sandler shoot laser guns at centipedes from the sky, not the humankind. <laughs> um, it just feels like a childish film. Like a, this is for children to educate them about the past. Yeah. Yeah, and Chris Columbus, you know, he's that's his vibe, man. It's, it reminded him of Amblin, bro. Say the thing. This feels over. Nice. This feels super over now. What are next week's movies, Mike? Or next two weeks' movies? So next week's movies is the Indian epic film Bahubali, The Beginning, also from 2015. Ooh. And the 1994 action film starring uh, Sylvester Stallone and Sharon Stone. And James Woods. And James Woods called The Specialist. Yes. <laughs> which is supposed to be enjoyably bad. Oh, man, it's a good time. You're going to love it. Okay. So that's what we're watching. So you can, uh, Bahu Belly's on Netflix in Canada, at least. I know that. They both are. Oh, they both are. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, they're both on Netflix. So there you go. Yeah. So watch them, and then we'll talk about how they're uh, the same. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> um, okay. Well, we did it, Mike. We did it. We're heroes. Bye. Bye.